You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. You know, generally speaking, as a person who um, appreciates sports probably more than I should, I know that sports are generally divided up into two different categories. There are team sports and individual sports. For example, you might have football, basketball, baseball, soccer over in the team category, and then you might have golf and swimming, track and field, tennis generally over here in the individual group. Each takes the same amount of dedication, each takes the same amount of skill, but they're just different. And as we look at Acts and we talk about courageously multiplying, we have to understand that this is about a team. That multiplying is a team sport. And our example comes from the apostles. Our example comes from the early church who diligently laid a pathway for us and they did it together. They did it as a close-knit fellowship. And they added to their, to their total daily and they, they grew quickly. And so today we'll see that one of the ways that we can multiply is that each of us must play his or her role. And multiplication happens together with everyone pitching in. And that courageously multiplying is very much a team sport. And the text we're going to look at is in Acts 2. So if you have a Bible or a tablet or a phone, you can go ahead and turn there. Acts 2, 42 through 47 will be our primary text. And if you don't have your Bible, you can just follow along with me on the screen. Hopefully at some point we'll be able to bring the Bibles back that are in your seat back. But here we'll see that the church is brand new. The apostles are preaching sound doctrine. Each person was contributing as souls were being saved. They were doing it together. They were doing it as a team. And it's a great example for us to follow as we courageously multiply. So let's look at the text together. Acts 2, beginning in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. What a great example for us to follow. The early church was was new and it was fresh and it was inviting. And you remember the timeline, it was only 40 days between the resurrection of Christ and his ascension, and only another 10 days after that, that the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles at Pentecost. And so the church here is really brand new. And it was multiplying like crazy. And everyone was working together as a team. And I believe that Ridgewood, excuse me, Ridgewood can be that kind of a church. And when I use terms like multiply or courageously multiply, here's what I mean. That we can be about the business of multiplying the number of volunteers 
of training them to be leaders, of sending them off to do other kingdom work. We can multiply those who are being equipped to share their faith in their everyday context and feel good about that. We can multiply new believers. We can multiply those who are growing deeper in their faith. We can multiply new churches by by planting them, and we can multiply more missionaries to get them on the field and spread the gospel across the world. The idea of multiplication is everywhere in the New Testament, and the early church was just growing and growing and growing and spreading its breadth. And the reason I use the term courageous is because normally when multiplication is happening, there will be a price to be paid. And as we move forward in Acts, we'll see that as well. But that's what courageously multiplying is. And that's what this early group of believers were doing. And the first thing that pops out to me in this instant and about this enterprise we call the early church is that it was built on proper doctrine taught by the apostles. A multiplying team stands on sound doctrine. A church must multiply for the right reasons. It has to be founded on biblical messages and and biblical truth and and biblical reasons for being and based on a proper understanding of the Bible. And if you look at verse 42, that's exactly what was happening here. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, the apostles, formerly the disciples, were teaching authoritative words of God to this group. And Interestingly enough, if you study church history, you'll find that at a very early time, the church accepted the letters of the apostles as being scriptural truth. And we know that the Bible tells us in 2 Peter 1.21 that these people, these men were carried along by the Holy Spirit as they wrote the Bible. And now, fortunately, we live in an age where we have it all right here in the Bible, in the canon of scripture. But here, They were listening to the apostles. The apostles were teaching sound doctrine. The church would react for long-term kingdom effect. And so, if a church strays from the basic elements of the faith, it may look healthy on the outside, but it will begin to fall into ruin. If a church begins to question the authenticity of Scripture or the inerrancy of Scripture, there will become a rotting kind of a theological core in the middle. Because many churches grow quickly because of the charisma of a leader, or they're in a particular instance in time where everything just comes together and it grows. But the church has to be founded on something that is strong and lasting, and that is sound doctrine of the Bible. And so it's important here at Ridgewood that we stand strong on what we believe. And so if you are a teacher in our church, or if you consume theology, either through podcasts or radio or television or whatever it is, make sure that it all aligns with the Bible. Because we are a team. So if one of us accepts heretical ideas or brings that back into the flock, it can spread and it can cause confusion and chaos. And so one of the ways that you can check to see if what you're listening to is biblical or if an idea that you've run across is biblical is you can check it with someone you respect. You can send me an email or another staff member an email. 
But it's really important that we take this seriously. The early church was founded on the principles of sound doctrine, and they guarded themselves against untruth. Secondly, we see here in this historical record that a multiplying team is steeped in fellowship. If there was one word that typifies the early church, it's this word fellowship. And it's so important. If you look again at 42, they were not only heeding the apostles' teaching, but they were also devoted to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And so here they were, they're meeting in synagogues, they're meeting in homes, they're possibly meeting on the temple steps, but they're together, and they're doing church together. The word fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, it means participation, it means sharing, and that also included sharing of material goods. It included the idea of sharing and praying together and breaking bread together. And breaking bread together was likely an allusion to the Lord's Supper, but probably broader than that as well in the fact that they were sharing meals together. And then there was prayer. Prayer was an incredibly important part of what this church was up to. And we had this really wonderful time on Friday where we came together and we, we prayed and we worshiped. And we had an opportunity to hear others pray. And it was a good time just to stop and listen to God. And so prayer was important here too. And they were probably praying along a normal Jewish calendar. I mean, these were, these were Jews coming to know Christ. And so they prayed festivals and special events. But they had an enriched experience because they had met Christ through the Holy Spirit. And so fellowship is a key to building a team that courageously multiplied. And truthfully speaking, church was never meant to be done alone as individuals. It was never meant to be done just at a kitchen table or just by listening to sermons in a car. Now, I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic, and so Coming to church is difficult right now, and there's no shame in that at all. And there are some that simply should not be in church for health reasons. But coming out of this pandemic, it's important that we embrace a, pop, a proper biblical view of church. And the, and the doctrine of the church is called ecclesiology. It comes from the word ecclesia. Ecclesia is about gathering. It's about the body of Christ. And so it basically is a study of how to do church. And we see in Scripture that church is about a group of people coming together and being together and fellowshipping together. And it's important that we understand this because it's easy to mistake online church for the real thing. And it's easy because who doesn't want to get up and watch church over an omelet, you know, and the kids are still in their pajamas. That sounds nice but it's not real church. Because real church involves people. It causes us to interact together. It causes us to feel the pain of relationships so that we have to learn about ourselves. We gain strength from each other. We, we pray with each other. We pray for each other. We worship together. We teach each other. We encourage each other. And we serve our city together which is far more effective than just serving it as individuals. 
And that's exactly what this early church is all about. And in another passage of Acts, which is a parallel passage, we see this in large measure in Acts 4, 32 through 34. Now, the number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord. Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought their proceeds of what was sold. This is a a community. These aren't individual believers at home just doing church and then calling it church. And multiplication, like doing church, is a team sport. It's, it's based on solid doctrine. It's fellowshipping. It's eating together. It's, it's praying together. And by the way, this idea of sharing material goods is not communism. It's not socialism because it was done voluntarily. These people all owned things. They just sold them and brought the money generously to the church of their own accord. It's a sign of commitment. And in this setting... Described in the book of Acts, here's what happened. Amazing things began to happen because they were so committed to each other. And here's a truth for us. Miracles happen when believers come together with a common goal. Miracles happen. Look again at Acts 2.43. And there came upon every soul many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So miracles were happening. The apostles were doing miracles, and if you read through the book of Acts, and we're going to get to much of it, we're going to see these miracles begin to happen. And what was happening is that the veracity of the apostles was being shown. In other words, they were being shown as the real deal, that they they were apostles, they were doing miracles, God was working through them. And although we don't have apostles today. We still have miracles that are happening, and God is still proving himself to be king. And if you go in other parts of the world, sometimes miracles are more evident. When I was in India, we were were standing at a church, and a church, I mean a bunch of people on the ground with one light bulb hanging over it, and we were training pastors, and one of them brought a child over and said last week, this child couldn't walk, and the child just walked right away. I had no reason to doubt that. But maybe you haven't been experienced that. Maybe you haven't been healed. Maybe you haven't found money hiding in your drawer or in your jeans or something that paid for a meal. But it doesn't mean that God isn't doing miracles. Because he certainly is at work. And when believers come together as a team, God shows up. I mean, if you would have said to me two years ago, if you would have said, hey, Paul, a large part of our building will have been restored. It looks fantastic. We did it through a pandemic. I would have said, that's going to take a miracle. Guess what? A miracle happened. God does that kind of thing. The fact that more than 100 people have come to know Christ in the last two and a half years here at Ridgewood, that's a miracle. And I've seen miracles happen in other churches that I've pastored. And some of those same patterns are beginning to show up here. 
Patterns like people getting saved, like high-level leaders beginning to attend the church and then plugging in as leaders. When a church is getting healthy, fighting stops and unity comes and the, restora- the, the reputation of the church is enhanced. All of those things are happening. God is doing miracles amongst us. And if you're discouraged about your own life and you've been praying for a miracle in particular areas, I would encourage you just to keep praying. Because God has his own time, and his own way of doing things. It doesn't necessarily match with ours. It doesn't mean he's not going to do a miracle. It doesn't mean he's not doing a miracle right now that you can't see. But we definitely see miracles happening here. And it's exciting because as the church was coming together with this common goal, God showed up. And I would say that at Ridgewood Church, get ready because God is just starting with us. And we've got an amazing future ahead. We just have to keep our eyes on the goal. And so multiplying, adding on, becoming stronger, increasing the breadth of ministry, all of that, it's a team sport. We're all in this together. And even during a pandemic when it's hard to gather people, I mean, we had these great outdoor services, and I would look at the attendance numbers, and I'd go like, yeah, it was great to be together, except we're still missing half of our congregation. And it's hard to come together at times like this, but we have to stay at it, and we, and we have to stay true to the mission, because that's what solid doctrine tells us, that you have a mission to do. You are to fellowship. We are to do communion. We are to be together. And then multiplications happen multiplication happens, and here's what I really believe is going to happen. God will use our team to save many, many souls, and we really can't see how this is going to happen into the future, but it will happen. And so I want you to look again at 46 and 47. It's almost as if the early church had a mission statement that was something like making Jesus known through community impact. But if they would have used it, they would have stolen it from us, and we wouldn't have liked that. So here's the text in 46, making, uh, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so the activities here in 42 through 47 and in that Acts 4 passage that we read it's, it's amazing because it separated the early church from Judaism. And it's fascinating because they were basically meeting in the same places. But the early church was becoming something that was very attractive and inviting. It, it was full of joy. It was full of oneness. It was full of generosity. There were these miracles that were happening and people were drawn to it. And so the early church is really evidence for us that this, is, this can happen and it happens when everybody comes together as a team. So here's what I would ask of you moving forward. And again, we're in a pandemic, it's hard, but we can do some things right now. First, I would ask you to pray for our church and pray regularly for our church. Pray for people within our church. And if you, if you aren't doing that right now, or you're not sure how, then just decide on one person and start. And pray for our church because prayer was a part of what brought these people together. 
Secondly, I would ask you to become part of a small group or a Bible study. Because again, church isn't meant to be done alone. These believers fellowshiped. They took communion. They prayed. The church is meant to be done together. I would ask you to be generous. One of the attractive things about the apostles in this early church was how generous they were. When you look at that idea of selling things and bringing it to the fellowship, you know, sometimes you kind of look at that and go like, that seems like a big commitment. Well, yeah, the church was growing. And then I would ask you to pray about how you fit in, how you can serve. And many times, as we're thinking about serving in the church, we think of just a couple of areas. We think about teaching, or we think about singing, or maybe we think about holding babies in the nursery. That's about it. That's all there is. Oh, there's so many things that you can do. If you would just pray about what, what is your natural inclination? What are you good at? What do you have expertise in? Bring it to the fellowship. Tell us, and we'll find a place for you. And then we can watch the Lord Add to our number those who are being saved day by day. And that's the really the only thing that matters. You know, sometimes churches, by very nature, because we're all human beings, we get caught up in these different pet, pet projects and we're not on the same page and we're not sure how we should do this and we don't like the color of that and that wall changed and get all messed up. But here is the bottom line truth. Is that these believers of a one accord... And even though we're in a pandemic, it doesn't change the fact that men, women, and children are dying every day with their eternity at stake, either heaven or hell, and it's up to us to tell them about Jesus. That's what's important. And so we need to put aside our own preferences. We need to take a look at what is the big thing and then follow God's stream in that area. And our example, you know, it's the apostles laid it right out for us. And here's what they had going for them. They had been with the risen Christ. We don't have that privilege, but, but Jesus said to them, on a day he was kind of struggling with those disciples, and he said, blessed are those that haven't seen. You have seen, and that's us. And so we can still have that same dynamic impact, but it takes a team. Each of us plays a role. Multiplication happens. Ridgewood Church then begins to widen its breadth, but I think we can see very clearly that this is a team sport. So I'd like you just to stand so I can pray over you. And maybe you could consider some of these things and consider the early church and, and understand where you fit in or how you can begin to, to give yourselves to others and in those ways that I mentioned. Lord, I just pray for this beautiful flock that you've brought together at Ridgewood. And I pray, God, that you would bless each person here this pandemic, the racial unrest, it's so hard, so difficult to navigate because everything's different and our, and our life routines are different and there's an election coming up and there's fear and there's division. God, I just pray that you would bring unity, peace, and joy and a sense of contentment knowing that you're in control, but yet then a sense of holy discontentment for the fate of those who do not know you. Help us not to rest until we've done everything we can, and then you take it from there, God. So I just pray that you bless this group, and I pray that you keep them healthy, and spiritually guard them from an enemy that wants to distract and to steal 
and destroy. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.